You're listening to American Girl Women with Laura Treader and Lindsay Adams-Franca. This is a podcast where two millennial gals gather around the microphone and reminisce on the cultural phenomenon that took our childhood by storm, American Girl Dolls. Contrary to what you might think, we aren't just talking about dolls here. We're diving into the high highs and the low lows of getting hooked on American Girl and all the childhood memories that come flooding back. So join us and a few special guests each week as we become American Girl Women. Today on American Girl Women, we are joined by Andy Wagner, a Pennsylvania-based middle school ESL teacher. Andy grew up in rural Berks County, PA, where she had an active imagination and loved reading, crafts, writing, and of course, American Girl. She was drawn to the brand growing up and received her dolls in quite a special way. Plus, she's recently added to her collection. We are so excited to hear more. Andy, welcome to AGW. I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. We're so excited to chat with you today, Andy, especially because you so beautifully and thoughtfully put your thoughts on AG and AG nostalgia in the most wonderful little essay for us prior (laughs) to coming on, which Lindsay and I so enjoyed reading. Yay, thank you. Andy, we couldn't have been more excited for you to reach out. And like Laura said, just so eloquently, I feel like you really brought us into your world. And so we're especially excited to have you share more about your story here with us today. But before we get into American Girl, what were you like growing up? Well, I think the first word that comes to mind is that I was precocious. Um, Mm -hmm. So I um, was identified as gifted pretty early in elementary school. Um, and I was a huge bookworm. I actually really enjoyed looking at encyclopedias when I was a kid, you know, this was pre-internet. Yeah. Um, So (laughs) I enjoyed just, I loved learning. So, um, anything that I could get my hands on that would teach me something about the world and, or history or really anything. I had varied interests as a kid. Um, anything from science and nature to, um, of course, history. That was my main focus. Yeah, that's how a kid in the early <laughs> 90s would get their information is, you know, go exploring a wonderful set of encyclopedias. Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I remember having a set of encyclopedias that I really like to peruse as well. I remember specifically like the Marie Antoinette page that really drew me in um, (laughs) and her very tall hair. Andy, what activities were you into growing up? Were you into any like clubs or sports or organizations or crafts, crafts, (laughs) all of the above? Um, (laughs) I wasn't, I was not very sporty when I was a kid. I did do gymnastics um, for several years, but I was actually kind of terrified to do the vault. So eventually um, I just kind of stopped, but I did that probably for about four or five years and really enjoyed that. Like I said, I read a lot. I was in Girl Scouts. Yes. Um, (laughs) Love it. Daisy Scout. And then I was a brownie. And then I think I got to juniors and then eventually was interested in other things. I was really into camping. I grew up very close to the Blue Mountains, which um, the Appalachian Trail runs through that part of the Blue Mountains. So just a few miles away from that. And there was a summer camp very close to my house. So I grew up going to that camp and 
eventually ended up being a camp counselor there in college. Was that just the best time? There were many Uh. times when I was like, I get paid for this. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's the best job Uh. to have. (laughs) Oh my God. Fantasy job for sure. (laughs) So yeah, I think that like that camping part, um, I think I started going when I was an eight, when I was like eight years old. And then I went all the way up through high school. There was like a music art and drama camp that I went to um, in high school. So cool. yeah, it was just, it was, it was great. It sounds wonderful. And were you big into any book series when you were growing up, you know, besides AG, which we'll get into? Well, I am wearing my Anne of Green Gables shirt. (laughs) Love it. So I I really liked that. I'm not sure that I read many of them except for the first one in the series when I was a kid, but I did recently go back and read some of them. And I I think I might have read five of the books in the series. And it's just a delight. And of course, that was triggered by Anne with an E. Um, oh my goodness! Oh, did you <laughs> like Anne love with an it? E? I did. I loved it. It was very different, but I also yeah. kind of liked the modern twist and kind of the it. It talked more about some deeper subjects like trauma and abuse. So yeah, I also really enjoyed the Dear America series, Little House on the Prairie, like basically <laughs> anything that dealt with um, a different time period was. And then, of course, later, I was really into the Babysitter's Club. <laughs> um, yes. So, yeah. Uh, yes. Love oh, my gosh. All. This is our, our all of our interviewees either check at least one of those boxes, but sometimes all of them. Um, <laughs> it's just like, if you're into American Girl, there's like a very high likelihood that you were into Anne of Green Gables, Little House, and like... A Dear America Royal Diaries situation um, because there's just so much I feel like crossover in terms of like the themes of those books so we were reading those in our childhoods as well and we're always excited to hear that other people loved them as much as we did. <laughs> and weren't the Dear America books just so gorgeous and like the like they have like the ribbon yep. uh, bookmark and like the gilded edge. Um, so yes. I just really enjoyed that too. They were also beautiful to look at. Oh, right. yes. They drew uh, you right in. <laughs> I love those books. I found one in my parents' attic when I was home a few months ago and started reading it. And they were so well written. Like I was like immediately captivated. I didn't finish it. So I shouldn't even say I was immediately captivated because then I put it down and then haven't finished it. But Maybe by the time this airs, I will have finished it to my future self. But yeah, that series was absolutely incredible and really tided me over after I finished all of the American Girl series books. Yeah, those ones kind of like were, I feel like, my middle school indulgence, whereas mm-hmm. like American Girl was sort of like elementary school and maybe the very beginning of middle school that I was still reading those um so there's a there was a there was a book about girlhood experience in historical times for every age group (laughs) when we were growing up um but getting into the American girl of it all Andy 
what was your earliest memory of how you were exposed to American Girl? Well, it's a little bit harder for me to remember like a specific memory. Um, And I kind of went back and forth with my mom on this. Um, (laughs) She said that the catalog came first. I think the books came first, but (laughs) who really knows? Um, But I would say I was probably in about second grade. um, Mm -hmm. So about eight years old. Um, when I was aware of the American Girl universe. And I do have like a distinct memory of going to the public library and checking out like five (laughs) American Girl books, (laughs) having been captivated by them by um, browsing them in when I was looking for books. And um, the illustrations, I think, really are part of what drew me in. But also the beginning part where it says um, like the family and friends with the the pictures of the characters. And then, of course, the end part with um, a peek into the past. So um, but I remember specifically checking out uh, Samantha and Kirsten books mm-hmm. and just falling in love. Um, I'm glad I'm not the only one who used to check out like a massive amount of books in one library trip and I don't know about you, but my mom would usually be like, you're not going to be able to read all those by the next time we go to the library. Like, what are you doing? And so then I feel like I would just end up renewing them and renewing them because the late fees at my library were like (laughs) one cent a day for every day it was late. But I, I used to like love to check out like five plus books every time I'd go to. Um, I still do that. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And then I have to like, you know, have a little talk with myself. Like I'm not really going to be finishing this anytime soon. (laughs) I need to return this one. um, Old habits die hard. (laughs) (laughs) Did you have a lot of friends growing up around this time that were also into American Girl? So I am... Kind of at the very beginning of when the American Girl popularity started. So when I started reading the books and becoming aware of them and getting the catalog, there were only the original three. So Molly, Kirsten, and Samantha. So I don't feel like it was as popular. Not that it like, (laughs) not that it wasn't popular at all. But I think that, you know, if you ask somebody today, like, do you know American Girl? They'll be like, of course. Right. (laughs) But I don't specifically know any childhood friends growing up that had dolls until maybe later on when like I went to middle school um, Mm -hmm. and then like had talked to like my one of my friends from high school. Her mom was a first grade teacher. So like she and her sister had dolls and I kind of, you know, see that educational aspect where they would really appeal to mom who's a teacher. Yeah. now, as I talk with my friends who are my age from college, who I may never have had those conversations with, they did have dolls or they oh. pined after having a doll. Yeah. So. Oh, that's so interesting. I love having conversations later in life about AG and like unearthing all of these memories with friends that this is something that or might not come up in conversation too often but it's so cool to hear that so many people have had these stories to share and that's cool that you could connect with them afterwards yeah it's always amazing finding out like I don't know like that's kind of how Lindsay and I 
like first connected was we were like oh yeah American Girl and it's like oh we both were so into it even like people <laughs> around us at work were like Are you guys talking about American Girl because like, it's just like gets buried after so many years and you almost like forget that it was such a big phenomenon right oh gosh <laughs> so Andy we chatted a little bit off mic but you got your dolls a bit later on but leading up to that point what were some of the either dolls or items that you really wanted to have growing up? I definitely wanted Samantha. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> um, and eventually I got her. Um, but like, like you said, it was a long time coming. I also was really into Kirsten. I think that Kirsten really appealed to me in her, I don't know, her pioneer, her pioneer aspect really like jives with my like culture. I'm Pennsylvania Dutch or Pennsylvania German as people may also call it. And so there's a lot of like farming and being like close to the land and also having that fact that Kirsten was a Swedish speaker and my ancestors, even up until my grandparents spoke Pennsylvania Dutch at home. I think those aspects really appealed to me with um, Kirsten. Definitely. That's so interesting. And we talked about this on a recent podcast that like, you don't see this or read this when you're looking at the Kirsten books, but she didn't speak English when she came right. to the US. And you see some Swedish words sprinkled throughout the books. But I think that's really interesting, Andy, that you could relate to that with your family's history and kind of making that connection with Kirsten. Yeah, because I feel like the way that it's portrayed, at least in the grand scheme of who the other American girls are, it's not like they're framing Kirsten as any less of an American girl just because she, you know, wasn't born in America mm -hmm. or didn't speak the language. So I think in that way, they were really giving like an interesting perspective on how you can still be American and maybe not have the exact same background as someone who was, you know, like a Samantha who was born and right. raised in New York. Absolutely. I also think that Kirsten and her like collection are very interesting because it, it just seems like, and there are other dolls with this too, but I feel like specifically Kirsten's everything is giving like a, um, handmade or like a craft or chore that was done in the home at the time like you have her wooden spoon that American Girl you know tells you about how that was like part of their culture was to like uh you know paint and like detail a wooden spoon and I think like a lot of her traditions surrounding like St. Lucia Day and stuff um I don't know like they're they're just not as, you know, straightforward as like Felicity, Christmas, um, you know, mm -hmm. Samantha, like ice cream. Like it's it's just a little right. bit of like a different perspective, which is kind of like why I feel like Kirsten, like I maybe didn't appreciate her as much when I was younger, but now as an adult, I'm like, oh, there's a lot to love about Kirsten. Yeah. And I think that like, again, with that, that really like ties in with my culture with, um, with being Pennsylvania Dutch, because, um, you know, like there's like her lunch is like meat and cheese. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and that's my culture. <laughs> um, and, you know, like there are like some other traditions too, that aren't 
mainstream. Um, so there's like the Belsnickel, um, which is kind of like, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Krampus. So the Belsnickel is not as like violent as <laughs> Krampus, <laughs> but you know, that's kind of a little bit prior to to Christmas, like St. Lucia Day. And yeah, it's just, it's it's a neat tie-in with it. Even though my culture is different, there's also parallels. Right. Do you remember what specifically drew you also to Samantha when you were seeing her? Because I feel like everybody like loves Samantha, obviously, but um, you know, like for me, one of the things that drew me to her when I was a kid was that she looked like me. So I liked that. I don't think I was like specifically latching onto one thing, but like, you know, obviously the outfits are very like aspirational, but do you remember like what wowed you about Samantha on first impression? So I, I probably look a little bit more like Molly because <laughs> um, I have uh, blue eyes and I didn't wear glasses as a kid, but um, I do now. But Samantha still kind of looked like me. And I have always kind of been interested in that time period. I think that also Samantha's stuff and her furniture, um, I think like her school desk was so cool, like the little inkwell and things like that, that came with it. And I don't know, things were just very dainty, (laughs) which is totally not me. Um, (laughs) I don't know if I just that like contrast to my own, like personality was neat. I think those, those aspects really appealed to me. I think it's so interesting that you say like that you were drawn to like some things that maybe weren't it totally relatable or like exactly like you because I think that like especially if you know you grew up having multiple American Girl dolls it did sort of give that opportunity to um, you know maybe like explore things that resonated but then also go completely outside of what you know you relate to or what your experiences are to learn about something new, which I feel like, um, you know, for myself, like having multiple dolls, it's like the first one I really wanted like to be like me, but then every one I got after that, I was like, I want something like different or like, I want to like, like learn something that I wouldn't learn outside of, you know, the American girl stories. So I think it is very cool how they sort of made all of them relatable in some way, but also gave, really unique perspectives on each of them that no matter which one you chose, like there was something to sort of grab onto that would have been probably the only opportunity you'd have to learn about it, you know, outside of school and stuff, which is pretty cool. Absolutely. And I think that really is kind of how my personality is as well, that I really, I just love learning. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think choosing something that was a little bit different than me Mm -hmm. um, has always kind of been, I don't know, the way that I kind of love to learn and grow as a person. Yeah, Um, definitely. And now while you were waiting to obtain your dolls, were you interacting with other American Girl touch points? Were you also into the magazine? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so if it could be my personality as a kid, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, loved AG Magazine. Um, I started subscribing probably in like fourth grade and subscribed well into high school. <laughs> ah, amazing. Um, absolutely loved it. Um, yeah. I, love, I love crafting. And I also, 
I, I don't know. I just love the themed parties and things like that inside the magazine. So I always had, you know, lofty aspirations to like recreate one of the party scenes from yep. AG Magazine. Yeah. I mean, I love that you subscribe to it into high school. The content is just so lighthearted and fun and fresh and, you know, withstands the test of time. Like we post a lot of the magazines on our Instagram and it's amazing how relevant they are to today and just how much joy they evoke. I love all of the party ideas. I never had an American Girl party growing up, but I remember like being obsessed with all of the scenes that they would create (laughs) and all of like the little, um, uh, setups with like the invites and party favors, like everything was so detailed and fun and beautiful. I love how the magazine really spanned relevancy to so many ages, you know, you subscribing in elementary school and just continuing your love for it really speaks volumes. Have you seen an American Girl magazine recently? Just like a little bit online with, you know, stands and stuff. But if I'm not mistaken, some of the books from the American Girl library actually, um, like the early ones, like I think like Great Girl Food and Mm -hmm. like, is it like Groom Your Room? (laughs) Yep. I, I believe that a lot of those things came from the actual magazine issues not everything but i actually bought some of the those books from <laughs> facebook marketplace for my middle school classroom and i have been loving looking at them wow okay <laughs> that room is your so room. fun <laughs> room your room is so good like i have all of my books from childhood in my apartment now thankfully i saved everything <laughs> and there are such fun projects in groom your room Groom Your Room has great ideas in it, even to this day. Like, I'm actually like, you know, that's not a bad way to, like, store sunglasses or, like, whatever (laughs) it may be. Or headbands. Um, I totally did the headband um, craft to store my headband like I had like the like the harder headbands not like the soft uh-huh. like, yoga, um, headbands mm. um, when I was in my first apartment I was like you know I need like a storage idea <laughs> and, um, <laughs> it was super easy and I loved it um, and it worked really well oh I my gosh can we just take a minute to talk about the chokehold that headbands had on us as a society for a while because I had dozens <laughs> oh, I still love headbands. I I have such a collection today. I went I've gone through like so many periods in my life, like second grade, like fifth grade, college, today, like where I've just been so into headbands. And my friend actually texted me today TikTok of Lauren Conrad from Laguna Beach fame. She put out a book probably in like 2010-ish. I don't know, maybe earlier, maybe a little later, about dressing well and it's very of the moment 15 years ago not so relevant today but she looked cute and my friend texted a comment about like her headbands and she's like remember when we used to wear headbands I'm like me now like (laughs) still me (laughs) oh my gosh and they went through so many different like styles too like I had some that were like skinny I had some that were really puffy I had I remember from like my like more like mid 2000s era I had like a really thick one that had like rhinestones on it like there were so many different 
eras of headbands, mm-hmm. but they like really lasted like a full decade or more. <laughs> True. Um, Even as much as I love headbands now, I would never wear the ones that I wore in college. And I can't really pinpoint why. I don't know what it is about them, but I'm not going to wear them. <laughs> well, have you seen that the um, the ones that are like with teeth that were popular? Oh my God, like, yes. Or like the ones that you like wrap around your head and they were so painful to put on are back in. Oh my God. I don't, I had one of the ones like the circular ones with like the teeth on them. I could never get that to look good on me. Like it would just poof my hair out in such a way that hmm. I- never I, I never got it to work and I bought one a couple years ago and the same exact thing happened like yeah. and then you push it even further back and then it just gets like weirder and weirder the further back in your head it goes if you had layers with one of those headbands it wouldn't work because the, the hair would <laughs> yeah. like stick out <laughs> or like if you had bangs your bangs would be like this sticking up so oh funny. my god like, yeah Do you ever have those like little um they look like little spirals that you could like just put into your hair, like open up the spiral a bit. And my, I, the ones I had used to have like gems. I don't even know how to describe, them, <laughs> but it was a very like Y2K hair accessory aside from like butterfly clips, of course. <laughs> I think maybe a friend was telling me about this, that they put like stick on earrings in their hair or like someone did it and it looked really beautiful. And I was inspired by that. Like those cute little stick on earrings from like the nineties where it's just like solid color, star, moon, heart. And I want to get some. Oh, and middle school students have been doing that lately. So really? and honestly, it looks pretty cute. Oh. <laughs> wow. Okay. I trust, I trust them to know what's cool. <laughs> I TikTok. Yeah, it's like oh I'm God, no longer right? at the stage of life where I can trust myself to know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Are what are what are the kids wearing as hair accessories these days other than stick on earrings? You know, claw clips are still pretty in. Mm-hmm. And I remember when those were out in the uh, 90s, early 2000s. I've got kids that are from around the world because I teach English as a second language. So I've got some different like ethnic hairstyles going on. So we've got a lot of different breeds, which are so cool. Are you both familiar with the American Girl library book that was on hairstyles? They like I think I've seen it, but I haven't actually like like I've seen it around, but I haven't. Yes. So it had like a girl on the cover, like in a bathrobe, and she's sort of sort of like leaning over and like brushing her hair. (laughs) But um, I didn't have that one, but I remember like browsing it. I feel like before, um, but I think it's so funny because they made one for for the doll hair too that (laughs) that looked like identical. So it had like a doll in the same pose on the front but I think it would be really fun I think I might try to get my hands on this book and like try to recreate some of the styles yes you should I think <laughs> I've seen a series with Kate Steinberg who makes really fun Y2K content Kate had a series for a bit where she was doing American Girl hairstyles from that book <laughs> oh my gosh I love that I'm gonna have to see if I can find it and try them out I'm sure some of them would still look amazing today right because everything's coming back in style honestly <laughs> that's how you know you're getting old right <laughs> oh my god right <laughs> I saw so old. 
I saw a video today that was like, peplum is coming back, like help us. And I was like, I'm not ready for that. I love a peplum. I'm so happy. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Come back. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Peplum was from an era of my wardrobe where I was dressing like super business casual in my everyday (laughs) life for no reason. (laughs) Oh my God. Business casual at the club. That was my early New York days. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Well, getting sort of back into the AG magazine of it all, do you remember what your favorite section was to peruse? Because I know, you know, they had a couple things that were like consistent through every issue, like the help section, um, the like little stories that they would do, like about a girl that they were featuring. What was your favorite section to jump to when you'd get that magazine? Ooh, that's a good question. Frankly, I went right to the paper doll. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Which is quite cool. And those, like, I kept in, like, a special place and really enjoyed them. Wow. Um, <laughs> we actually interviewed a paper doll on our podcast with an episode that came out in January. The episode <laughs> is with Monica Wendell, and it was so cool to hear more about her experience and tracing her family's history back with um, her mother to uh, submit for being the paper doll and ultimately being chosen for it. And, you know, we had a lot of comments on our Instagram that were like, oh my God, I remember Monica. Or like, I still have my Monica paper doll. Like, it was really surprising because I think I, I love the paper dolls and I would like play with them for like a moment, but then I didn't save them. I would you know, lose them, toss them out. Who knows what happened to my paper dolls. But I love that so many people had remembered her and saved hers. But it's also really weird because when we were looking for pictures to post on Instagram for it, like people were selling like Monica's paper doll on eBay. And that's a weird (laughs) feeling. That is weird. (laughs) Right? Like here's my like seven-year-old self being sold on eBay and my family's history. Yeah, a little weird. Right? My gosh. That being said, if you were a paper doll and you're listening to this, we want to hear from you. So (laughs) we'd love to have more because I'm, you know, there's so many like people who got to have this experience that are just out there like living life as a former AG paper doll, like just amongst us and they could, they could be anyone anywhere. <laughs> so jealous. Definitely. No, so jealous. I was super jealous of anybody that got featured in the magazine in any capacity from like cover model to like writing a story about like getting into a fight with the friend and asking the magazine for help. Right. <laughs> Honestly, Andy, did you ever submit any of your work or any personal stories to the magazine? I did. Um, so I'm, I, I think I was probably like in fifth grade and I submitted a creative writing story for their like all reader issue that they used to do. Yeah. Um, and um, uh, I think I like actually, I just like ripped it out of my notebook and like stuffed it <laughs> in a globe, um, and sent it like the day that it was due. Um <laughs> So, um, you know, super professional (laughs) and it was not selected. No, they're lost. Do you remember what it was? I do not, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh my goodness. Uh, I wrote a lot as a kid. So a little bit later on in like middle school, I had actually won some writing contests, but sadly, AG did not want my story. <laughs> no. <laughs> The uh, rigorous well, requirements. <laughs> those all reader issues were so much fun. I never entered anything myself, but I always liked the idea that I could. Yeah, yeah, I think the participatory aspect of American Girl magazine is why, you know, it had such a lasting hold on us because a lot of the content was user generated and I think we've mentioned this in past episodes too but you know there's no adult magazines like that where you get a sense that majority of the magazine is being contributed to by other people your age or right you know if not like directly someone's writing about someone your age and you're giving a first-hand account so I feel like that really made it like much more have much more longevity than some other things because it it was really easy to like connect with that and you you know not obviously not everybody's gonna like get to be a paper doll or have their writing featured or have like their help topic featured but it's nice that you feel like it could be mm-hmm. <laughs> very accessible right <laughs> accessible yes. attainable and speaking of attainable Could you tell us how your dolls came to be and how they came into your life? Absolutely. So (laughs) after years and years of pining for a doll, I finally got them my senior year in high school and I got not one, but two dolls for Christmas. Who did you get? Samantha, of course. (laughs) (laughs) And then I also got Kit and it was the year that Kit came out. Um, And it was so exciting. So I actually went to college and I studied history and I actually got in early decision. So I knew before Christmas where I was going to college and I specifically wanted to study history. So I think that my parents like before, like they couldn't really afford a doll for a while. And then like, you know, they're like when you're 12 they're like I don't really want to buy you a doll for Christmas you're not really (laughs) to do anything with it or you know it's kind of a a waste because they were very expensive and and still kind of are um so then like when I was a senior um and got into college and the study history my parents were thinking more like collectible type of thing for me did you know that you were gonna get them at Christmas so I'm sorry, mom, but I was a terrible <laughs> I would snoop. <laughs> I knew like where all the hiding oh, holes God. were for the Christmas present. <laughs> I was a wonderful actress. <laughs> oh my goodness. Incredible. <laughs> so when I saw that, <laughs> I was super duper excited. Yeah, um, but then like you know I had to like bring my a game <laughs> seriously did you know that you were getting two before you found them both no I had no idea like I was getting them that was even a possible yeah wow no. so you yeah. had you had your moment of surprise in private yeah and then then you got to dream about it and then prepare and then be a little actress yeah. <laughs> And they totally did that thing where they gave me one and <laughs> hiding. 
No. But like I knew. <laughs> so basically they were like, oh, oh there's one more gift. And you were like, yeah, I know there is. Yeah, and you're thinking like, okay, like, was I getting kit? <laughs> oh my God. Oh my goodness. Terrible child. <laughs> That's amazing. Now um, was kit one that you were like lusting after or did they sort of surprise you by picking that one I am not really sure why kit was chosen um I'm very glad that they did choose kit um because I really do relate to kit and um also interestingly enough my first year seminar that I chose um my first year in college was about the great depression so I think there were just aspects about Kit that my mom could see parallels to me um, because like Kit wanted to be a writer or a reporter. Um, and so like the little um, typewriter um, was, an, was an aspect that appealed to me because yeah. I was a writer as a kid and I actually had a typewriter because um, early 80s baby. <laughs> <laughs> And my grandparents were born during the Great Depression. Um, so I think there was also kind of that tie-in as well. They really made like a very thoughtful choice in picking Kit to go alongside Samantha, sort of like two elements of things that you were drawn to for different reasons. Yeah, definitely. And now after you received them, were you um, also obtaining outfits for them as well. Like, were you going back to the catalog and seeing what you had wanted? Yeah. So if I'm not mistaken, I also received a few outfits as well for Christmas that year. Mm -hmm. I know it was like (laughs) a great Christmas. I don't know what was going on that Christmas, but it was a really good Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I ended up getting the Christmas dress for both girls and I got Kit's Amelia Earhart doll. Oh, uh, which I just loved because I get high into history. And I also got some um, Girl of Today outfits as well. Um, although I think I felt a little bit weird about putting them on my historical dolls. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I had like that little t-shirt that said like, proud to be an American girl for the doll as well as for myself. And I eventually, I don't remember like, you know, if it was over Christmases or what, but eventually I like got like Kit's hobo outfit, I think it's called, with like the little bib overalls and and things like that. So, but that would have had to be like after the the year that I got Kit. Uh-huh. Because I think AG like releases like the first three books and then the next season releases the next three stories. Right. Mm. And if you don't mind us asking. What? Let me figure out how I want to phrase this. Where, uh, where did these dolls end up residing, like present day? Well, sadly, <laughs> and I, actually, I ended up getting a third doll too. <laughs> so oh. I got an Addy doll. Um, when I was oh. in college, <laughs> oh. um, I went to AG Place in New York, and um, sadly, uh, after years of having them about a decade um I decided to sell them on eBay (laughs) well there's no there's no judgment here because my parents gave all of mine away and Lindsay cut her doll's hair so (laughs) no no judgment from us um 
I think it's like, you know, at different points in your life, you're just sort of like, oh yeah, like time to purge. And sometimes we like over purge. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. So a little bit of regrets there, but also like, <clears throat> you know, I had to have a talk with myself too. Like, it's okay. Like I was going through this stage of like minimalism and like finding yeah. myself as an adult. So <laughs> yeah. Yes. But now you've sort of started to build up your collection again. I did. Yeah. So um, yeah, this fall I bought myself um, a Truly Me girl and I think she's 107. I'm not really sure. I convinced my brother to buy me Corinne for Christmas. Um, oh, I I'm, love that. I may have ordered it and just sent it to his house. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever <Morning>. it takes. <laughs> right? Oh my goodness. How did you decide on the truly me that you have? You know, it was actually a really hard decision um, to decide which doll. I, I knew I wanted to buy a doll. Um, mm. I didn't know what. And I was at first I was like, I would love Courtney. I was born in the 80s. Um, I like relate to the accessories and the clothing that she had, but I was terrified of her curly hair. <laughs> <laughs> it already looks like it has hairspray in it. <laughs> yeah. So knowing how difficult AG hair is, I was like, you know yeah. what? I'm going to ruin that doll's hair. <laughs> Fair. And I also just felt like I would only want to put the 80s stuff like on her. And then I, I really found that the Corinne doll was very interesting. And I also, um, the blue streaks in her hair just don't match everything. So, (laughs) so I was like, well, I can't do that for my first doll. Um, so eventually I just, I just chose, um, a truly me doll that had straight hair manageable Mm -hmm. (laughs) as a, as a straight haired a woman myself, (laughs) um, who doesn't know how to tame much else. And, um, Yeah. And I just felt like for me, really, it was a little bit less about the dolls and more about the accessories and the clothing. Mm -hmm. Do you have your eye on any additional dolls? So rumor has it that there's going to be some 90s dolls coming out in February. (laughs) In February? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, (laughs) spoiler alert, I guess, for people listening that we're recording this in January. Um, so February is simply one week away. And I was not aware of this. Lindsay, were you aware of this? No, definitely not. <laughs> oh my gosh. I have to like, I have to sit with this and really think about, <laughs> do you have any other tea related to this, Andy? Like, do they say like any <clears throat> inklings of who we might see? So rumor has it. <laughs> that it's maybe twins or sisters there are some names trademarked out there so this is these are people that like really wow investigative stuff I don't know I ended up on reddit sometimes and (laughs) wow okay Andy I am so excited for this episode to air to see what comes true here this is really exciting oh Um, my gosh and then also rumor has it maybe there will be a Book It pizza set for the 90s dolls. Oh, what What do you mean by Book It pizza? Oh, did you girls not like, uh, like Pizza Hut, like the Book It program? 
What's oh my gosh, booking? we didn't. So oh, in no. my in my area geographically <laughs> of the country, we had a lot of Papaginos. Lindsay too, actually, maybe because she's from Connecticut. Never heard of Papaginos. You've never <laughs> heard of Papaginos? Maybe it's just no. Massachusetts. Maybe it's I just mean, Massachusetts and New Hampshire. Had, definitely had Pizza Hut. Definitely had Little Caesars. I don't think we had Domino's. I don't know about Papaginos. Oh my gosh. I thought that it was all of New England, but apparently it's just <laughs> Massachusetts and New Hampshire. But I, so I never like knew about any of these other like pizza chains, like until now I've had Domino's, but that's it. So what is yeah. this concept? Oh my, this was the highlight of a lot of the kids in my era. <laughs> um, so I think you had to read like 10 books a month. It was like a program that your teacher, your elementary teacher would sign up for. Okay. okay. And then she would, or he would give kids like you, this form to fill out and you had to fill out the kid to read so many books per month, say it's 10. Um, and then each month that you read those books, you'd hand the paper into your teacher and then they would give you a, um, like a gift certificate or a voucher for a free personal pan pizza at Pizza Hut. Wow. Uh, and I mean, there were a lot of kids that just, you know, broke down <laughs> like <free> pizza. <laughs> um, but you would get like a pin, like a really big button pin. And then each time that you like filled the month, you would get like a sticker to put on your pin, like a star or something like that. Oh my gosh. I love looking, this is such a nice concept. Right? I'm looking it up right now and I really want one of these sweatshirts. So they had book it merch or people have made it afterwards. I see the pin here. They have shirts. This is incentivizing for sure. <laughs> so true. Oh man. I'm gonna have to look this up. I'm gonna have to ask my mom if she remembers anything like this. I love the concept though. So Andy, I see behind you your, I think it's your Corinne doll, um, mm -hmm. is wearing the rollerblading outfit, the girl of today rollerblading outfit. I see that white logo tee that, uh, it's just so good. What other outfits are you collecting for your dolls today? I have been spending a lot of time, uh, trolling eBay for a lot mm -hmm. of the, um, original girl of today outfits. I really covet the, um, I think it's the original girl of today out meet outfit. That's like the magenta leggings and the magenta yep. t-shirt, like the oversized shirt and vest and the, <laughs> the sunflower hat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's definitely something that is on my list. I also totally need the, the purple varsity jacket and hat. Yes. Uh, yes. Iconic. Are you planning to get any historical outfits for your more modern girls or are you keeping them in the century? I am planning on getting some historical outfits, um, <laughs> maybe more or less just because I like the style. I think Nanea, the, the Hawaiian. Um, yes. Pearl Harbor era. Pearl Harbor yeah. era. I love her swimsuit. Mm. <laughs> so it's just adorable. It's like that vintage 40s and she's from the 40s but it's um cut and it's like pinstripes and it's a bikini so it's super cute I think there might even be some buttons on it but it's like red and white striped and it's, oh, adorable. it's so cute I'm googling it now and it is adorable 
I want that in my size. Same. That's so cute. <laughs> I'm looking it up as well. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's so cute. She's a really cute doll. She yeah. really is. Oh, wow. She There's actually like a little surfboard, like a longboard and like a Hawaiian shirt that they have too. I don't right? know if that's like part oh. of her collection or if that's like girl of today, but that is so freaking cute oh my god right you know the picture I see has like a towel and sandals and a Hawaiian shirt and then a little snow cone like shaved ice oh so cute and the sunglasses those are great (laughs) accessories super cute I'm not sure that there's any other historical items I mean basically I want it all um and it's really hard like adult money um because uh, I feel like I've <clears throat> opened Pandora's box now because like I can just buy what I want but then you know you have to pay rent too so. <laughs> fair point <laughs> I know that's like from eBay <laughs> right that's that's what's so hard is like I almost feel overwhelmed because like I don't have any of my dolls anymore um so I almost feel overwhelmed with options like if I were to get a doll that I could literally get whatever one I want. And that overwhelms me. <laughs> that experience when I was trying to pick one out. And that's why I decided that I was going to get a truly me because then I could like, so I got like Mary Ellen's dog scooter um, mm. because I love dachshunds and yeah. it has nothing to do with the fact that it's Mary Ellen's. And I think, <laughs> you know, Courtney can't have um, Mary Ellen's dog. <laughs> But if I got a truly me doll, um, she could. So <laughs> yeah, fair. Makes Blank sense. slate makes yeah. total sense to me. Perfect strategy. <laughs> Love it. Well, Andy, this has been so fun getting to know you and your American girl journey, which I'm so happy has continued on to present day. This is absolutely amazing. And we like to ask all of our guests who come on American Girl Women, what lasting impression did American Girl leave on you? I think I want to go with that details matter. Mm -hmm. Um, And the reason I say this is looking at the products that they have, looking at the stories that they've um, published. I think it's those little fine details, especially with, you know, the dolls and their accessories and their clothing that really like show high quality and really make them stand out from other, other products for girls or kids and things in the stories, like the peek into the past. uh, You can tell that there's been a lot of um, research that has gone into the stories. And I loved as a kid the the little illustrations that were you know there were the the pages with the big illustrations but then there were when they're explaining something that happens that they think hmm, maybe kids don't exactly know what that is mm-hmm. um those little illustrations really helped yes. teach me parts of different cultures or historical things right yeah oh, i love those little drawings with more explanation and yeah i feel like those the details are so important and American girl paid attention to every little aspect that they were providing. And that's really what I think like is so much of what the impact is with American girl. Like these things are like in our memory. That's how we learned about so many historical events, how it came across on the page. Also seeing it with the dolls and, you know, every aspect was taken with such care 
And I think we were all really receptive to that. You know, it wasn't just a blank slate or whatever, something that would, that wasn't thought, thought out super well. Like they wanted it to be seen and for us to notice it and for us to understand the quality and care and thought that went behind everything. And we did, we were receptive (laughs) (laughs) mission accomplished. Yeah. They didn't cut corners just because it was for kids. Right. Um, I think, you know, I feel like I always say this when we're talking about it, but it, it really does feel like a thing that's for kids, but doesn't speak to kids as if they're less than, you know, fully formed humans. It really like mm-hmm. treats kids. I feel like the way that the storytelling is like has a lot of respect for kids capacity to take in information um, and relate to, you know, people who are like them and not like them um and so I I feel like yeah they didn't they didn't speak down to their audience at all definitely well shall we get into our little activities that we have absolutely amazing <laughs> let's we do it love getting into this part with our guests and the first little activity game we're gonna play is if you were to host a dinner party and you could invite any two American Girl characters, either the main gals or their friends, their families, whoever in the AG universe your heart desires, who are the two people that you're inviting to dinner? And keep in mind, you're having full-on conversations with them. So you could ask them anything. They're going to be interacting with each other. Who would you be inviting? I think who first comes to my mind is Kit and mm-hmm. um Rebecca um, so uh because I guess I feel like you know I know a lot even though I haven't interacted with the original gals um I feel like I'd really like to know more about some of the newer characters and even though I was you know I had Kit and I read I think I may have only read her first three books mm-hmm. um I just think she would be a fascinating person to talk to because of her like interest in um, journalism and my interest is writing and writing and just the era. And then um, I had recently read um, one or two books from Rebecca's series. Mm -hmm. And um, she just really struck me as a very interesting character. Um, And I think that although I think that her storyline is that she herself is not the immigrant, but her parents and grandparents are. Um, That really strikes me as interesting um, in the work that I do as an English as a second language teacher. Mm. So I think um, one of the books that I had read, I think it might have been Rebecca Learns a Lesson, perhaps. (laughs) Um, I'm not sure, Uh, but... uh, they did address a little bit about being different um, and um, being immigrants um, and being different from the the rest of the population um, in their school. Yeah, interesting. I love that perspective you're able to give too. Thanks. That would be such an interesting conversation between those two girls, especially because they're from... 20 years in between them or so. And I think that would just be such an interesting conversation to be a part of, you know, even, even from like any, 
any standpoint, like talking to someone from 20 years in the future or 20 years in the past and to learn more about what the world looks like then or will in the future that's not so distant would be so interesting. And especially with those two girls who are both so independent and strong-willed, I think that would be just a a great dinner party. I would love to attend myself. (laughs) Same here. I'd I'd gladly, I'd gladly be a fly on the wall to those conversations. (laughs) Um, Well, segueing into our next activity, Andy, you give us a list of some celebrities that you like, and I... I'm really excited about two of them. I mean, I'm excited about all of them, but two of them specifically I want to ask about. Um, and starting with Queen Elizabeth II, <laughs> which American girl doll do you think she would have? Um, I think that Queen Elizabeth II would definitely have had Samantha. Um, I mean, (laughs) Samantha is elegance. Samantha is wealth. Samantha is um, all these things. But I think that um, although Samantha would have been a little bit older than Queen Elizabeth, I think, yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe like 20 years. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that it also would have been an appealing character for her as well. Mm-hmm. I think that she would have been able to relate um, to some of Samantha's story as well. I love that answer. And I love the idea of her having an American girl doll. I know oh, that is such a great answer. I love yes. that. <laughs> And, you know, usually we just ask about one, but since you put two historical figures here, I am very curious um, about both. So next for Eleanor Roosevelt, what doll do you think she would have? I feel like Eleanor Roosevelt, I feel like she would have had a Molly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can see it. I feel like, um, I I feel that way because in some ways, because Molly has like this, she's, she's precocious and Eleanor Roosevelt was a very intelligent woman. And um, also Molly has this like can do spirit um, as well. Although clearly it would have interfered historically. This is not, you know, actually able to happen because (laughs) Eleanor Roosevelt was born in, I think the late 1800s. So yeah, I just feel like Molly would have appealed to her the most. I, I agree with that. And I think it's a great answer. I think, you know, Molly sometimes gets like hate for being so precocious, but I think it's one of the things that makes her special and unique. And I think sometimes, you know, what is our best trait at different times in our life might not be our most like likable trait. And I'd like to think that Molly grew up to be like someone who is able to, um enact change even in a small way and I feel like that's sort of like what they're they're kind of setting up her personality to be like very go-getter mm-hmm. um and I think that aligns with Eleanor Roosevelt for sure mm-hmm. definitely uh those are great answers great answers we- and great choices of celebrities because yeah. we've never we've never brought them up so I wanted to make sure we got those <laughs> <laughs> totally I don't think we've ever done a historic figure before have we I don't think so 
not coming to mind. Ah, that was so, so great, Andy. Thank you so much for joining us on American Girl Women today. It has been such a delight to get to know you more. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thank you everyone for listening and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to American Girl Women. For more AG Women content, follow us on IG at American Girl Women or send us your American Girl stories via AmericanGirlWomen at gmail.com. We might just read them on the pod. If you like this podcast, tell your friends and rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts.